And my recommendation to you is to start first with a pain point and something small that you can get your head completely wrapped around. We all have those things in our business that we're doing that we routinely have the thought of, if I could just figure out how to automate this, my life mm. and my business would run so much smoother. This I recognize is a time sink for me. So start with those things. And the reason we do that is because it accomplishes two things. One, by automating that, we're creating space in our brain to then think about a larger problem. We all have the problem of task saturation where you could be so busy trying to get done what you're working on that if somebody walked into your office and asked you what your name was, you'd have to put up your finger and say, hold on one second, I have to finish this and then I'll get back to you. So we need to relieve that pressure so that we can then broaden the scope of what we're thinking about and have the mental space and capacity to actually think about that and get through the process. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. You've got Sean and Lacey with you, just as we are each and every week. We're so thankful for all of you who tune in regularly. Hopefully, you've set your podcast to download, getting notifications every time we drop a new episode. We've been seeing tons and tons of really amazing and interesting guests dropping in on the podcast, and this week is no different I'm super excited to be talking about this topic because on the down low, I know that we always talk to our service providers, but this is a weird fascination of mine. <laughs> you know, this idea of the AI line, right? You have this idea where, in essence, robots are beginning to take over the world. You know, if you drive for Uber, you actually don't have, there's not like a dispatcher anymore. There's not a person that is dispatching. So it's all automated the assigning of the rides and the drivers and all of that, which is kind of strange that you work for a computer in right. essence. <laughs> you also are seeing like a lot of, you know, we get to travel a lot and a lot of the, um, in the restaurants, a lot of the, um, or in the airports, a lot of the restaurants are operated completely by kiosks. So you go and you punch in your order, they've eliminated the person. And then even to a large extent, I believe there is one airport where in the back, everything is being made automatedly. Mm. So there's, there's no people at all this. involved in the process. Now, this is a scary thing on one side, because as service providers, we're constantly fighting to stay above the AI line, right? So Figuring out how to automate things, right? Well, right. self-driving cars, what does that mean for truck drivers, <laughs> right? So you're, you want to always preserve your job, right? At the same time, though, as a service provider, we're always thinking what can be automated? What, right. what parts of my business can be automated? And so we've got an expert with us, mm -hmm. Richard Schnitzel, and he has a process that he has developed called Authentious automation. So I'm super excited to learn about that. Everybody welcome in Richard Snitzel. Welcome to the None of Your Business podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about this authentic automation as a concept, as an idea. 
um, as a as as a methodology. How did how was it birthed, and what can it do for the world? Yeah, so authentic automation. It's a made up word. It's the combination of authentic and conscious, and it's birthed out of my idea that when you're building automation and implementing it in your business, your primary goal should always be to maintain the authenticity of the way that you show up with your business and to the rest of the world. And you never want to detract from that one-on-one human interaction. You want the automation to be an improvement on what you're providing. And the best way to go about creating that is through a very conscious process of being able to understand what it is that you're doing in your business. And after you've added this tool of automation on top of your workflow, what can be the expected outcome and how can we, through a very thoughtful process, add this in without detracting from that authenticity that we're trying to maintain? Yeah, I think that that's a really important um, point because a lot, like we said, we work with a lot of service providers and that's a lot of times their biggest hang up is I don't know that I want to automate my emails because it may not feel personable anymore. You know, I may not be able to touch that person in the way that I was able to before when I provided that personal one-on-one communication. And so in your experience, how have you helped people overcome that thought process of if I do automate things, I, I take away the personal touch points that I once had before? Yeah. So it's about recognizing what touch points you need to maintain within your business. Mm-hmm. And putting a wall and never automating those out. So it's about figuring out I'm going from point A to point B. And within that span of what I'm doing, there's maybe 60, 70% that never really changes. That's just trying to pass information back and forth to create an expectation of what's going forward and to let them know, okay, this is the next time that you will be in contact with me. This is the point that we need to have that conversation because this is my personal touch. This is the magic of who I am and what I bring to the table. And that's what you maintain as non-automated aspects. But if you're just sending them a reminder email of, hey, we got a call, this is what the expectations are, or you just moved to the next stage in our workflow, we're now working on this next project, here's what the expectations of that are, here's all the work that we've completed so far. Those are things that you can automate really well. And you don't detract from that authenticity because it's being really honest with itself about the fact that it is automation. It's not trying to replace you. It's just saying, okay, this doesn't need to come from me. The information won't change. And I'm going to reserve my energy and my time to spend with you in the most impactful ways. And you're you're actually increasing your ability to deliver authentically because all of your effort is going into those specific points that need to be human to human. So, I mean, and I I think that everybody would agree, but here's what, just knowing the world that we live in there. And I'm sure that this, I mean, and you can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but there is a resistance, right. By a lot of, especially in our world, Mm -hmm. service providers to automating anything like, Oh, you know, the reason why I'm so successful is because we do it this way. Let's go to like super basics because in concept, I 100% agree. Can you share with our viewers and listeners, what would be some examples of some things that we would automate 
in this way? Yeah, so I'll use my company as the example. Uh, so my lead funnel process, when you first get an interaction with me, I have an automated email that gets sent out just to inform you that, hey, we got your message. We know you exist. Great to make contact with you. And in that email, I'm telling you my admin, Beatrice, is going to be emailing you within the next 24 hours with the steps going forward of how we're going to connect and what this process is going to look like. Right? So I'm setting the expectations and then I'm putting that point in the future where you're going to get to talk to a human. This is not going to be an automated email. This is going to be directly from somebody who's typing this out specific to you. Once you get that email from Beatrice, I have an automation set up so that we can follow up with you just to remind you about what's going on. And there's a next step in the process of getting on a call with me. So once you book that call, you then have an ability to then get back to the person. But in that dead space between when you book the call and maybe it's you know, a Wednesday and you booked a call on Friday, there's this time in between where you're just waiting. And that time can be use, useful for automation to prep somebody to get the most out of that call. I'm only doing a call for 20 minutes and we're trying to pack as much information and benefit into that 20 minutes as possible. So I have an automation set up to tell you what the scope of the call is going to be. What are we going to talk about? Here's how you can show up to get the most out of it. Make sure that you're on the Zoom call. You know, My video and audio are going to be turned off when you show up on the call. If you want to share audio and video, I'm happy to turn mine on as well, but I'm going to wait for your cue so they know exactly what to expect when they get on that. If you can share your screen and be at your computer, that's great because sometimes we need to see what's going on in your business and there's no replacement for being able to watch somebody in their program for me to ask, okay, what are you doing here? Show me the button, show me what your text looked like. What is your actual process? So letting them know that you don't have to be on your computer, but if you can be, this will be awesome. It'll get more value out of it. And then after that call, there's another email that follows up after the fact to give them a recording of the call because all my calls are recorded so that they can then get a copy of what we talked about. And if there's next steps into it, I can put different flags in my tasks that will then just do that same follow-up as when they first entered in, just an automated email to say, hey, great to talk with you. Our next steps are going to be this. I'll be in contact with you in the next 24 hours to take care of this. But I, I think that we're in this phase of the conversation. These are the expectations that I have set forward. Yeah, those are great examples. And it sounds like anything that's instructional, next, next steps, um, facts, all of those things can put into an automated sequence because those, like we said before, don't require that personal touch point. So I think that those are great examples. But before we move on to the next question, I just want to go ahead and let all the listeners know out there how to reach Richard. If you are interested in learning more about authentic automation, it's richardschnitzel.com, S-C-H-N-I-T-Z-E-L.com. Okay. So I, I really, I'm enjoying all of these examples and I think that it helps our listeners start to identify in their business where they can actually automate. But the next question I'm sure they're having is now, how do I do that? So do you have any favorite tools or things or tips that you can give the listeners to say, here would be the next logical step if you decide you want to start automating? Yeah. And to your point, yeah, if you've been in business for a long time and you start to sit down and you want to automate your business, that can be a really scary idea. 
because you sit down and you like, oh my God, there's so much going on right now. I have so many thoughts. I have so many possibilities. Where do I start? How do I hold all of this in my head? And my recommendation to you is to start first with a pain point and something small that you can get your head completely wrapped around. We all have those things in our business that we're doing that we routinely have the thought of, like, if I could just figure out how to automate this, my life mm -hmm. and my business would run so much smoother. This I recognize is a time sink for me. So start with those things. And the reason we do that is because it accomplishes two things. One, by automating that, we're creating space in our brain to then think about a larger problem. We all have the problem of task saturation where you could be so busy trying to get done what you're working on that if somebody walked into your office and asked you what your name was, you'd have to put up your finger and say, hold on one second, I have to finish this and then I'll get back to you. So we need to relieve that pressure so that we can then broaden the scope of what we're thinking about and have the mental space and capacity to actually think about that and get through the process. And the second thing that does is it creates momentum for us. Automation is like trying to push a car. You're not going to start pushing a car and immediately get it up to speed. You're going to have to start slowly, but the longer you can push it, the easier it gets and the faster you are going. So we want to create that momentum in what we're building. And those two will just continue to compound on top of each other so that we can continue to enlarge the scope, building out those one, 2% improvements in our business through automation that when you turn around and look back at what you've created, make this 30, 40% massive shift in the way that you're operating. So that sounds very easy, but I'm sure in your experience, because you have a whole business around helping people to make that leap, that it's not as easy as it just sounded there. Like, yeah. oh, you just pick this thing and we, <laughs> just, wish, and we right? just do it. So tell, tell me, what, what are some of the biggest obstacles that you encounter with the people that you're helping, um, that you're consulting with? What are, uh, what are some of the reasons why? Because it, on, look, on the surface, it sounds beautiful. It sounds perfect. Mm -hmm. um, but what are some of the obstacles that people are encountering and how do you help them to overcome those so that they can begin to automate their business? Yeah, so I think there are two big obstacles that we try to solve regardless of what we're talking about. The first is that as the business owner and the person working in your business, you struggle to see the forest for the trees because you've been doing this for so long, you don't realize the little things that you're doing that make a difference in the outcome of what you're trying to deliver. So part of what I provide is a counterpoint to talk to and talk through processes. I've seen a lot of different businesses. When you tell me you're doing something a certain way and you repeat it three times, I can pull you back into that comment and ask, okay, well, why are you doing it this way? I've seen it done this way. I've also seen it done these two or three other ways. What about that workflow is so critical that it has to be done this way and start to pull you out of the forest and get you to a true 30,000 foot view of what your business is. So you can really start seeing all of the little different levers and things that have to happen to create a sequence of events. And I think it's really hard for us to see that when we're in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. And the other aspect of that is working to create goalposts that we can work within when we're talking about a specific process. A lot of times we think that starting at A and ending at B is true, but really we're going from A to B to C to D. So 
being able to start at that high level view and then take chunks out of that high level view, get a little bit more detailed and then take another chunk out and get a little bit more detailed. And then when you get to a certain level where you can then hold an entire piece of something in your brain, then we can talk about that one specific task and understand when a thought comes into our head that really applies to something else. We can say, okay, that's not within our goalposts right now. Great idea. Let's write it down so we don't forget it. But whether or not that happens now and perfectly at this point doesn't affect the outcome of what we're trying to achieve, right? We're, we're in the B to C range, and that really belongs after C is completed. So we don't need to worry about trying to figure out how that gets folded into what we're talking about right now. So it's about breaking it down into that system of really being able to talk about something and have a litmus test for when we're getting pulled off track and starting to act like that kid in a candy store that grabbed a Snickers and goes, oh no, I really love Mars bars. I want one of those too. And then, you know, oh, there's Skittles. I need some, right? So we're just talking about Snickers right now. Forget about the Mars, forget about the Skittles. We'll get to that. Let's focus on the Snickers and figure out exactly what that means to us. And then we can put that aside. We can put it on the shelf. Okay, we understand that and move on to the next sequence. That's good. So I would imagine, uh, So, because what comes to mind for me when you're talking about these obstacles, I would imagine too um, that if you are a business owner and you're by yourself, it's really easy, not easy, but it's easy to make the decision and then begin to go down the route of execu executing these automations. But if you have a team with you and a lot of employees, I could imagine that there might be some pushback or obstacles that may occur within the team, number one, because they're going to be responsible potentially to execute on this. And number two, because they may feel like, well, now you're automating part of the very thing that I do. So do you come, do you, do you run into that? Do you see that? And if you do, how do you handle that? Yeah. So the way we handle it is we bring those employees into the process early on because you're right. If I'm going to build an automation in a vacuum and then roll it out on the Monday morning huddle and say, okay, team, I've been working on this for a month. I'm really excited about it. This is the new way that we're operating our business. These are your new tasks. I just automated out 30% of your job title. They're going to get scared. They're going to have that thought mm -hmm. of like, okay, what's going on? Am I not good? Are you trying to get rid of me? What's the context that I should be receiving this in? So we work really hard to change that perspective, bring them in early on in the process when we're first starting to think about what their job description is, what they're responsible for, so that they can understand that it's not about replacing them or they're not doing their job correctly. It's about the fact that we're having a conversation about growing our business. They're working 35, 40 hours a week right now. They're really busy. They're working hard. And I want to grow my business another 20% in the next six months. If I do that and I look at the workload that they have right now, I'm going to be asking them to work 60 hours a week. They're going to have a terrible work-life balance, and they're going to start getting frustrated with the fact that they can't keep up with the tasks. So I want to alleviate that so they can focus on those aspects of their business that are really powerful for them, right? We usually bring people onto our team when we have an aspect of what we do that we either don't do as well and we need somebody who is an expert in that or they're really good at a specific thing and we bring them in. And then because they're there, their scope of work pulls in a lot of other things. So the same thing we were talking about before of you know, as the business owner focusing on your strengths, 
We also want to apply that to our employees, but we need to give them agency to understand that that's our goal and to give us feedback and input into how they're doing their job and how we can best use automation to help them. I don't want to build something that's the perfect view of the business owner and then hand it to the employee and they say, well, this is great, but if you had changed this one little thing, this would have been so much better for me. And we would have never known that there, because it's in the employee's head. There's no way for us to pull that out. So we need to involve them in that conversation so that they have the correct context when they see it. And so that the outcome of what we build is the best version for them as well as the company. Well, I see, Richard, what you do as something that's invaluable, that has, it, I mean, it's just, how do we how do we put a price tag on being able to on, automate certain elements of our business in um, efficiencies and in um, increased revenue mm-hmm. uh, in, in decreased expenses. Um, but I would say from all of the people that we've interviewed here on the podcast, this is quite a niche. This is a, a this is quite a specialty. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to work with you? What, how, how what is that process? Like mm-hmm. somebody goes to richardschnitzel.com and then what, what kind of, somebody that's coming to you, what are they looking to solve and what does the process look like and and how does it sort of unfold? Yeah. I think the single thing that they're looking to solve is time. And then the individual answer is what you want to do with that time, whether it's being able to grow and scale your business or you've reached a point and you want to pull yourself back out of the business, but they're trying to get time in their business in a way that maintains what they've created in their business so that they can do that next thing that's in their vision. So the way that I help them get that is I work with people for four months and the first month and a half to two months, we don't automate anything. It's just about having a conversation from an operational perspective. I rely on my background as a mechanical engineer and seeing all these businesses and seeing all the different options of what people do and how they operate to have that conversation with somebody so that they can begin to understand from a very high level and then a more detailed level, exactly the way that their business is operating and how they want that business to flow in an ideal perspective. And once we can get to that point, lay it all out, draw out the the workflows, draw out the details, we can then also layer on top of that, the conversation of automation and what aspects of our workflow can we automate out maintaining the authenticity and everything that we've talked about of how to properly add automation. And I have a team behind me who can build all of that out for you. So I'm trying to take you from a beginning point of, I think automation is a really powerful tool. I think it has a benefit that I can apply to my business, but I need a resource to figure out exactly how to apply the tool, right? You can use a hammer to build a home or to tear it down. So we focus first on how do we use this tool effectively so that when I ask an entrepreneur and the business owner, this is the automation that I can suggest, they can give me a yes or no answer and have faith in their self that they're giving the right answer, right? If it's a no, they understand why it's a no. If it's a yes, they understand why it's a yes and what the outcomes are. And then once I, you get to that point and you can confidently say yes, the next aspect is actually building out that vision. And I have the, my team behind me who can build everything out for you. So then we turn it over to you 
turnkey and you can then turn it on and move on with the new vision of your business. That's super nice. Is it, um, you know, somebody that gets super fired up with all of this information, is it possible to over automate your business? Absolutely. I think that that's one of the reasons why I do so much talking at the beginning of the conversation. I've seen it a lot. I've probably been guilty of it previously in my my career that somebody asked me if I can automate something. And because technology is in the space that it's in, a lot of times I can answer, yes, we can build that. Right? Here, here's how much it's going to cost. Here's what it's going to take. And we can create this for you. But if you don't understand what you're asking me to automate and how it's going to change and improve what you're doing, then you can over automate your business. I could automate you completely out of your lead process. So somebody only talks to an automated lead sequence and depending on their answers, we boot them into a different lead sequence and they don't get to actually talk to anybody until they pay. But that probably isn't right for your business, even though it's possible it's not going to be the best version of what you can create. So you can absolutely over automate, but it is part of my, when I get on my high horse, what I talk about is that it is powerful tool, but over automating is akin to taking the hammer and tearing the house down Mm -hmm. instead of taking the hammer and building on a beautiful new addition. Well, I see that all the time. People Mm -hmm. don't, people, for whatever reason, they just don't want to talk to anybody. And I'm not talking about from the prospect side. I'm talking about from the business, business side, side. Yeah. chat bots and email sequences. They just, they want to figure out a way that they just don't interact or Take talk themselves to anyone. completely out of it. Yeah. And so I could definitely <laughs> see, see what, what Richard's saying there. Yeah. It's good. Richard, anything uh, else that you want to add in for our viewers or listeners that we did not get to with you today? Uh, I will leave you with another litmus test that I have for automation. And that is that any automation you build needs to solve two things. The first is it needs to improve the efficiency of what you're doing, which a lot of times is very black and white with automation. It's yes or no. The second thing is it also needs to improve the efficacy of what you're doing, which is a more gray area, but even as important as the efficiency. And it's the idea of... If I'm adding automation into this process, is the outcome going to be better because automation has been included into the workflow? Mm. Yeah, those are two great things to consider when it comes to your business and deciding if you need to, you know, start automating or add more or maybe take some away. And don't do it just because you can. (laughs) Just because, right. I think that's fantastic advice. That's super awesome. Richard, thank you so much for joining us. Super valuable information. And I, you know, the sort of the double-edged sword of automation. I think that um, this is extremely valuable for so many people. It can can literally add more revenue and more efficiency and more time. I was going to say more time, which is what everybody's chasing. To do whatever it is that you want to do. But- Obviously, you have to do it right. So we strongly encourage you to get expert advice. Check out Richard Schnitzel, richardschnitzel.com. And you can connect with him um, right there on the website. There's information about how you can connect. You can discuss um, what you're looking to automate and what he can bring to your life. I'm sure that you will find tremendous value. Richard, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. 
All right, everybody, we're going to be back next week with a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. Make sure that you subscribe. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Share the podcast with your service provider, entrepreneurial friends, and make sure that you plug in with us. If you're not yet a member of the Black Diamond Club, check us out, www.blackdiamondclub.com. We've got hundreds of service providers all supporting each other, helping each other to reach more people make a bigger impact, and to create the lifestyle that they deserve. We'll talk to you again next week.